0: Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States of America.
1: One of the things that she'd look at me and say, well, Joe, remember, remember who you are, like you're a Biden, like, you know, what the hell is a Biden, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, I'm a, uh, you know, anyway. Our history reminds us, our history, ours, yours and mine, reminds us of the responsibilities we have to the president, to, to be the president.
0: So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go
1: Let's go lick lick the world. Let's get it done.
0: This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stew does America.
1: Head over to blazetvcom slash stew. Promo code is stew. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription if you're watching on YouTube. Like the video right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things. Steve Krakauer is going to be here in studio to talk about the latest in the Pentagon leaks. We've got some Jalen Hurts news for all of us to celebrate. I mean, Jalen Hurts probably celebrating it most. But uh, we're all very happy about that. But we're going to start by doing the New York Times gaslighting. Now, this is an interesting show. I've got to be honest with you. My voice is totally fried today. Uh, I blew it out during the radio show screaming about this story and we we started off the day with a, uh, do a, a little conversation in the morning to plan out what we're going to do for the show and I said for the monologue I want to do this story on the New York Times and I started ranting and raving about it during the call and then I got on the air and I got uh, the context of the moment I just got really fired up and just started screaming and <laughs> My voice, I didn't, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. I've been doing radio now for a very long time. I, you know, I, it's hard to imagine, but you know, I'm, like, I'm on like 25 years since I started in radio, and I've never had this happen to me in my entire life. Now, I have lost my voice before, but never have I lost my voice before the end of the rant. I don't know if this means I'm getting old. I don't know if, I, it's pro- you know what, Dr. Fauci told me, long COVID, it's probably something to do with that. I don't know. But I will say it was very frustrating and I got through I started just ranting and raving and now I'm to the point where like it is really hard for me to get through this. So I'm going to I'm going to do my best. But I figured maybe the best way to kind of deliver the message uh, that I was going to do anyway here in the monologue is to kind of show you a little clip of what happened this morning. You'll hear me lose my voice about halfway through somewhere in this clip. Uh, But this is this morning. Now, the, the, the story is called this. How a Campaign Against Transgender Rights Mobilized Conservatives. We'll go into this here in in just a second from the radio show. But I just, it's so infuriating what the media tries to do to us. We're going to get into that uh, today, but I want to give you a quick little setup clip here. This is from uh, this morning's Glenn Beck radio program.
2: There was an article in the New York Times today about... What? Where did all of this trouble come from with
1: transgender people? Yeah, the title is How a Campaign Against Transgender Rights Mobilized Conservatives. Defeated <laughs> uh, uh, on same-sex marriage, the religious right went searching for an issue that would re-energize supporters and donors. The campaign that followed has stunned political leaders across the spectrum. <laughs> now... If you looked up the dictionary definition of gaslighting, it would give you this article. It is legitimately reversing completely what happened and saying that transgender – everyone was just – There was nothing going on with transgender people at all. That was totally fine. Everything was going on. Everyone was completely accepted. And then conservatives were desperate for a political issue. So they started looking for transgender people doing things. Now, first of all, even if that were to be true, the transgender people would have to be doing things. Right. Did we convince drag queen story hours to start? Did we go recruit people to dress up in thongs and jiggle in front of children? Was that our doing? Did we say, you know what we'd like you to do today, boy? Go play and go swim against all the girls in women's sports. Did we do that? I don't remember doing it, but apparently, according to the New York Times, we were responsible for starting this. What happened is the opposite. All of the sudden...
2: People we were supposed out of to nowhere seemingly yeah. for most of the country. Yeah. Exactly. Not teachers' unions and mm-hmm. maybe even the press, but for most of the country,
1: out of the blue. All out of the blue. All of a sudden, teenage boys were defeating teenage girls in swimming events. All of a sudden, we were told to just accept the fact no. that our teenage children embrace it and and go even farther. That our teenage daughters were now going to get changed in the locker room with naked males.
2: At first, we were told that's a conspiracy theory that the Republicans are just making up because they're so desperate.
1: Right. And when all of this started happening and suddenly instead of all of us uniting with 100 percent. Of all people left and right saying, of course, we're not going to let a a 16-year-old boy get dressed in the same locker room as a 16-year-old girl, even though that was accepted for hundreds, thousands of years, (laughs) all of a sudden we were supposed to accept the exact opposite behavior. All of a sudden it was obvious that it was hateful if you didn't want that to occur. And what we're told from the New York Times is the reason for that is conservatives were looking for an issue. We just, we ran out of the gay marriage talk. So we were like, I don't know. Maybe we should think about opposing women and and boys and girls getting dressed together in the same locker room or competing against each other or having drag queen story hours. Let's come up with a mythical thing that's definitely not occurring. We'll have to recruit people to participate in it, I guess. But since it's not a real thing, let's get mad about it (laughs) and create it from scratch. That is literally what this article is describing. Yes, And and let me give you how incredibly deep and well-researched this is when I go to the first expert quoted into why this theory is correct, Ari Drennan, the LGBTQ program director for Media Matters. <laughs> literally the first expert they are. Person who works at Media Matters. (laughs) It's a strange world to live in, said Ari Drennan, the LGBTQ program director for Media Matters, a liberal media monitoring group that tracks the legislation. As a transgendered woman, she said she feels unwelcome in whole swaths of the country where states have attacked her right just to exist in public no i'm have you ever oh my god has there ever been any conservative law that says you know what you can't do exist in public (laughs) what what the hell have i missed jiggling in front of children in thongs is not existing in public i i'm sorry uh getting changed in the same locker room as a 14 year old girl. If you're a boy is not existing in public. This is infuriating. (laughs) It is. And again, the gaslighting thing is supposed to make you feel nuts, right? That is the point here. And I do because this is the exact opposite of how this occurred. They are. And this is not me saying this. This is the New York Times who's coming out here in a freaking news article, not a cop, not a commentary, not an op ed, a news article telling us this is how this story occurred. It would make you feel insane if they didn't do it all the time. And their tactics were so obvious, which brings me by the way back to your little Nazi rant from last half hour, (laughs) which the same crap heap of a group. That everyone has known is a crap heap, Media Matters, and yet well, they still
2: continue to use and hold up.
1: Can you imagine them being like going to like the Proud Boys as an example of an expert on a topic? <laughs> they would not do this, and they do it with Media Matters all the time. And they act not even, this isn't even commentary on like, okay, we're Media Matters and this is what liberals think about news coverage. No, we're just going to go to Media Matters employees who are obviously biased or they would not be working at this crap heap of an organization. And they're going to go to them as experts. Mm, I i mean, I think you could see that I was a tad bit frustrated there. But that was sort of the reason why we had just come out of a conversation about how Glenn was trending all weekend because of the idiotic organization Media Matters. And they decided to try to take him to task over a commentary that he had about uh, the Nazis. He was talking about how, if you know, medicine and government work together, you can wind up with really bad issues. And he did a rant on this. And he said, at the beginning, you know, it was it was uh, you know the Nazi Party. Uh, It was really more about the doctors, and then later on, obviously, the Nazis started doing all the terrible things they did in the Holocaust. Now, this was something that was quite clear to anyone who listened to the context of it. But part of the reason I got so fired up about the New York Times story there, when it comes to the transgender issue, was because of the attacks on Glenn when it came to the Nazi issue which happened over the weekend, and I had to rant about that as well. And this weekend, apparently you're trending about this, this Nazi situation, which is just a fascinating example of how stupid our society is, right? Like, you what you said, I think, in the quote that they pulled out of context of a conversation where you were talking about the origin story, the the prequel, if you will, of the Holocaust. How it all starts. How it all started. How did this all start? And you're talking about the problems that if, and you're not even acu- you're not accusing of this of happening right now, but you're saying, watch the warning signs. When governments and science work too closely together, sometimes it gets out of control and can lead to bad things. And you talked about the doctors and how they started at the beginning, at the beginning, with killing uh, people who were undesirable at the beginning, children, it was children. And it was all who compassionate. lives. It was, com- it was quote on, un- and I, I don't, don't say compassionate. It's quote unquote compassionate mm-hmm. because that's what they said they were doing. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about that. And you said, I, 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 may butcher the quote slightly, but you said, basically, you know, it, it wasn't then it wasn't Nazis killing Jews. It was the doctors who were doing it. It was the Nazi. It was the doctors who were Nazis. Who mm-hmm. were Nazis. You even said mm-hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Just makes this even more infuriating. Mm -hmm. So the beginning of this uh, whole situation, you're talking about the beginning. But in that one little clip that they pulled out of context, you didn't say at first. You didn't say it was the doctors at first. It wasn't Nazis at first who were doing it. It was the doctors. Now, literally anyone who listened to this, this monologue would know you were talking about the the origin of of the Nazi movement. but, But, But. (laughs) <laughs>
2: even if i wasn't Stu, even if you weren't even <clears throat> if i wasn't talking about that all of the doctors were nazis in the end it, yeah they all because turned, yeah, of course. you they were turning the non nazis in right nazis had to go uh, non nazi doctors they, they existed but they certainly weren't standing up in mass because they would be the next with the syringe in their arm. Right, of course. They knew that.
1: And you didn't accuse all doctors. As you pointed out, 11% of them were Jewish. They weren't all doing this. At the beginning. There were none at the end. Yeah. So the point, though, I'm making is they take this part out of context where you make this point, and you don't say at first. And then they put it on the internet, and a bunch of people, some people who even seem to like you, like are actually friendly, don't even bother to do the research. Uh, or even listen to the entire context. And they say, gosh, I can't believe this. Glenn Beck is saying Nazis didn't kill any Jews. Now, what human being on earth believes that Nazis didn't kill any Jews? It was only doctors that were Nazis, but it wasn't Nazis, which again, doesn't make any sense because you even qualified it in the moment. But if you take it out of context, and I'm now losing my voice, if you take...
2: I could give you, I could give you, I could give you somebody who doesn't believe that's true... You disprove this. The the, the grand mufti of uh, of Iran. The guy, the, the head cleric Holocaust the head denier. Holocaust, okay. denier.
1: Okay. Holocaust deniers. Now I don't know his exact views on the Holocaust. Okay. But I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. Even Holocaust deniers know. That Nazis killed Jews. If you look at them, what they will normally say is they didn't kill six million Jews. It was actually only 50,000 or six. <laughs> but even they will admit, <laughs> even they will admit that Nazis killed Jews. Everyone on earth knows that Nazis killed Jews. And According to media matters.
2: But they put it I out don't. there
1: and they didn't even say it. They just put it out there as if you're just supposed to understand that Glenn Beck thinks that Nazis, it wasn't Nazis. It was doctors. And look at, the, we've caught him, even though you didn't catch him. This is something every single person, yeah, media matters, every single person involved in pulling that clip knows exactly what they were doing. They all know they are lying and they do it every day, for a living, and through donations from people like George Soros, <clears throat> not, well, and also exactly George Soros, but also people like George Soros, uh, people who just want to try to sink conservative media figures. <laughs> I mean, you, can hear the, <laughs> you can hear the voice go about halfway through there. Look, uh, it's just the state of our world. It's sad that this is where we are and, and what we have to deal with on a daily basis, but. We have to push back against it. We have to make sure we hold the media to account, even though it gets exhausting and frustrating and you blow your voice out every once in a while doing it. It's a necessity in this world, because if not, they'll roll right over us. So we're gonna continue to push back. I wanna talk a little bit about this media stuff, uh, this and what's going on with the leaker as well with Steve Krakauer, he joins us next. You know, something like 60% of all, um, all pork production in the U.S. comes from one company uh, owned by the Chinese, and uh, they have some weird thing they're given that's banned in like 160 company, or countries, including China, but you can find it in your grocery store aisle every day. That doesn't sound appealing, does it? Well, what about Moink instead? Go a different direction. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon, fillets, and so much more. Uh, it's just a great service, and you're going to uh, love it. They've got, by the way, uh, what I've been told is the best bacon you've uh, ever going to have. So check this out. Keep America farming and uh, going by signing up at moinkbox.com/stew right now. Uh, listeners of this show get free bacon in your first box. The best bacon you will ever taste, but for a limited time, check it out now. M O I N K moinkbox.com/stew. It's moinkbox.com/stew. I'm joined now in the studio by Steve Krakauer. He's the editor of Fourth Watch Media and the author of the new book you should definitely have, Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy, With Power Abandoned Its Principles, and lost the people. It's a story you knew was happening, but now you'll know how it happened. It's available wherever you get your books. Steve, thanks for coming back on the program. Yes too. Always good to be on. Uh, did you see this New York Times story I was just ranting and raving about?
0: It's it's unbelievable. Honestly, I, I when I saw the headline pass through Twitter, I thought, oh, this is one of these annoying guest essays from the New York Times. Right, right. right. No? no, no, no. A, a, a news article uh, with a framing that, I, I know you've used the term gaslighting. I mean, it, it, is, <laughs> it is unbelievable to, to watch and to see the reframing of it. I mean, it's like, look, the, from the politics side of it, the, the left won this issue, right? The left won the gay marriage issue, the gay issue. Like, it, it, they've convinced the country. Mm. And then it's like, well, what happens after you win? And the, for the media, for the activist community, you move on to the next thing, and then, apparently, you pretend that the, it, the whole thing is uh, happening from the other direction. It's,
1: it's it's wild to watch. Yeah, because, I mean, really, you go back, I don't know, I don't know what the number is, 10 years ago, and I think the number would be Five percent of people who would say, "Oh yeah, of course, you know, boys should be able to play women's sports and get changed in the locker room with right. them." Like two percent, I don't know what it was. Now all of a sudden it's forty percent. It wasn't us bringing this up. We weren't like, "Hey, we're demanding that you know men get into the women's locker rooms." This was not our position.
0: No, no. Look, it, it reminds me of I think the first time I ever interviewed Glenn uh, was about his book The Overton Window, uh-huh. and I mean this is going way back. A deep cut here, 20, 2009, nine, two thousand ten. Yeah, this feels like the Overton Window of the issue, and and you. you put on top of the activist side of the LGBT, which again, we got the LGB on one side, and now you got the T's and the Q's, and now it just keeps going and going. But then you get the the media, which I have to say, the New York Times, they were in this trans issue only a few months ago, when all these activists, thousands, including people at their own paper, signed this this petition saying you're you know anti trans coverage, which they really were complaining about, a couple pretty fair articles that looked at the issue. maybe there's a little bit of a rise of teen girls you know transitioning what's behind that? maybe it's social contagion, just scratching the surface of that, and the New York Times at the time held strong. they said no we're doing fair coverage we're looking at both sides, you know, and, and you, New York Times employees, you can't be signing these activist letters. Now, do you think that this was a response to that? Because it does feel like a, a direct response to yeah. the pressure
1: campaign that they got from social media and from the left and from others in their own industry. The pace of this change is so amazing, too. I mean, I, you cover this really well in your book, the Tom Cotton op-ed back in the day, that which feels like a hundred years ago now, where like a senator says something that is favored by the American people. Something in the polls were showing 50, 60% of people were like, yeah, shut this down in many means necessary. And not only do they have this whole reversal of that policy, they get rid of op-eds completely right. and start calling them guest essays. Uh, Barry Weiss, who was there at the time, she runs for the hills. I mean, I, this this institution, quote unquote, was already bad before, like long ago. I mean, we used to be, we've been complaining about the New York Times for twenty years on talk radio. It's a totally different animal now.
0: Yeah. Well, you talk about complaining about the New York Times for twenty years on talk radio, the conservative talk radio. Now we're getting this exercise in alienating your allies. You know, Barry Weiss is not some right. MAGA hat wearing conservative. Oh. You know, and and James Bennett, who was pushed out, the editor of the opinion section is, the, by the way, the brother of Senator Bennett. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, the, 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 right. This is not a conservative person who was pushed out. This is a person who publishes Tom Cotton's op-ed. I get into this in Uncovered. This is a column that, yes, the headline was a little bit incendiary, send in the troops, okay. But you read the column, he was simply saying, there's very legitimate protests that are happening in the wake of George Floyd's death, and there's also some mm-hmm. violent offshoots that are that are you know causing violence and mayhem. We need to crack down on those, and these cities are not equipped to do it. Nuanced column from Tom Cotton. His third op-ed that he had written in the New York Times, by the way. He had written other columns like you know about why we should buy Greenland or something. You know, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pretty I mean, Tom Cotton's a, a Harvard-educated guy. This yeah. is not some big bomb thrower. And because of that, again, it's not necessarily that the, the, the real principles of those people who are in that, the, the, I guess, not, no longer in the hallways of the New York Times. Now they're all at home on, their, on Zoom. But it's not that the principles changed or that they said, oh, you know, we really need to adhere to our principles, so we have to not have Tom, Tom Cotton in there. It's because of what happens on Twitter. It's because of a few people yelling at them young people, people that are at the lowest levels of that newsroom, can affect massive change and can affect what happens in the opinion pages, and now I think as we're seeing, can affect what happens in the news pages. And, and it's, it's really disturbing to see because the New York Times should be above that. I get why certain blogs may be, but, but right, they, yeah. they should be immune to that. They should be holding firm and saying, we're the paper of record, we're gonna do some things that are biased liberally, but we are not going to give in to the mob. This feels like giving into the mob. Um,
1: I want to get to your, your, um, uh, your uh, newsletter on the, uh, the leak here in a yeah. second, but before we do, gun to your head. Do we buy Greenland if you had the opportunity? What would you sure. do? Sure. Okay.
0: Sure. Why? Not? I I I didn't get it when Trump uh, you know <laughs> yeah. b- 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 brought but, that I mean, up. But it's like uh, I mean it's I, I always so Iceland is green and Greenland is, is right. Is, I see. I think <laughs> is the situation. So I don't know exactly what we do with it, but it seems like
1: why not if Did, we have you, the money. If the price is the, if the price is right, I think we go for it. That's okay. just a, a side point. Um, let me go to the leak because I think this has been a pretty fascinating thing to watch. Not just you know because it's been it's different. Yeah. Back in the day, we had real leakers, like people who had ideological uh, arguments, people who were fighting for the Soviets against us. Now it's like people who want to be popular on their Discord server. It's really kind of embarrassing. But this is a pretty interesting story. It's different uh, than uh, than past stories that are you throw in the same loose bucket with Edward Snowden and Reality Winner and all that, but I think what's really interesting and you and you went through this in your newsletter, which is great by the way, Fourth Watch, don't don't miss it. You should definitely subscribe to it. Um, you go through the way the media has treated this, and it's something I didn't notice right away. Can you kind of walk people through this? Yeah,
0: I, it, first of all, the media started with quoting US officials as this is likely the hallmarks of Russia is probably behind this leak, of right? That, that was of course the first <laughs> That's one. That's just
1: in their copy and paste. Yeah. That automatically is in every article. Right. Of
0: course, the same US yeah. official is just the saying the same thing <laughs> and getting it wrong all over again. So that was what happened a couple weeks ago. And then yes, last week we did actually start to get a little bit of coverage of what was actually in these leaks. And what we what was in it was certainly some instances of the Biden administration not being straight with the American people on what's happening in Ukraine and with Russia our spy tactics essentially on our allies in South Korea and Israel. So so there was some news that came out of these leaks. Sloppily done, I have to say, you know, unlike Edward Snowden, giving it to a Glenn Greenwald, letting it the journalistic process happen, that's obviously not what happened here. It was some 21-year-old trying to impress his friends, as we know now. But what also happened was the New York Times and the Washington Post in particular, working with this Bellingcat agency, which is sort of like these open source journalists. It, it's a little bit vague what they would even be described as. I would say they're activists. Or you could say they're just like these true crime experts that sit at home and mm. try to look at, oh, what's what's this picture? And they were able to track down this person, not working with the FBI, but on a parallel path with the FBI who is trying to track down this person, and then celebrating the fact that they were able to help, essentially, get this person arrested. That's not really the role of a journalist, I would say, and it's not the kind of thing that I can imagine happening four years ago during the Trump years, that someone leaks something and says, the Trump administration is not being straight with you, and here's why, here's the actual evidence even who cares about why the person did it this is what that would happen I cannot see these media outlets going and having this this glee in trying to find this person who's leaking on behalf of truth and transparency
1: yeah because I mean I, th- I feel like in the past the exact opposite was their pl- there they you know I, we talked to um, uh, Josh Rogan today sure. from The Washington Post I know you've had him on, with Megyn Kelly before uh, really I, I think a great writer and I'm I really enjoy here. his work and he pointed out he's like you know I've been I've been working off of leaks for 20 years like this is this happened all the time in the media. Now we have a situation where this guy who really doesn't seem to have an ideological stance or at least not much of one that we know of yet. It, 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 I don't know if it's because of that because there wasn't an ideological bent against Trump for example or uh, f- uh, against some p- policy they didn't like. There wasn't that like well we're lining up with this person. Because of that they there's no protection from the media. They didn't they they seemed to be like undercover cops yeah. working you know you know plain clothes uh, officers trying to to sink this guy and I like I look I, he shouldn't have done this obviously but he doesn't seem like a a person who has this ideological opposition to the United States, but maybe that's the problem here.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I contrasted it in Fourth Watch to the Supreme Court leaker. And, you know, mm. obviously very different scenarios, but the the person or people that leaked the Dobbs decision almost a year ago today to Politico uh, that that were the. the the draft decision by Alito, um, that really started the ball rolling. It was, you know, essentially put the lives of Supreme Court justices in danger on the conservative time over what happened, o- over this. And so so I contrast that there was, there's absolutely no interest by the media to find out who did this. Maybe they know who did it, and, and they just don't wanna, you know, put it out there. And on some level, I get, look, Politico is not going to reveal their sources. They're not gonna get to the story of who this person is. And I also understand that there is a sense in the media that leaking, Information that we think is is important for the public to know. You can dispute whether that actually is the Supreme Court draft document on the Dobbs decision. That person should be protected. Contrast that with what happened here. It was go, uh, the polar opposite. There was uh, there was no interest in protecting this person uh, and their identity. And and they, they yeah they were essentially the the cops. They were the feds. I mean they you know I, I saw some some tweets about people. I mean th- this was like they were the the snitches. And you know they they were not on the on the side of the leaker. end. and I get it. It's a complicated case. It's a person that is 21 year old. You mentioned it's not ideological. It doesn't seem like um, it's some guy trying to impress his friends. And and I think there's also valid concern that he put other lives oh, yeah. in, in danger because yeah. of, of what happened here. But but why the double standard? Why the hypocrisy? These, these cases come up more and more.
1: It really is interesting. And you, and you don't even get the, uh, we haven't even seen a lot of like behind the scene coverage of the struggle to find the Supreme Court leaker, right? Oh. There's not even that. There seems to be like this outward attempt to make us all kind of forget about it you know it didn't you know for and I think part of the reason is it didn't work right like they they wanted this to work to uh, turn somebody's mind I think you know I mean there were other much more dangerous consequences that we saw with Kavanaugh could have happened yes but like you know I think their chance when they wanted somebody to change their mind it didn't work and like, I think they just want people to forget about those efforts. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, and I don't, you know, that is seemingly what is the most likely reason for, like the motive for mm-hmm. it. There's also a theory that, that I've, I've seen that, that maybe it was the other way, that it, it was a, yeah. a conservative clerk that leaked this in order to make sure that the people that said they're on board stayed on board. So who knows why they did it, but there is not an interest in the media. And I think whenever, you're right, whenever there's a, an effort to disappear a story, the Supreme Court did their own investigation. Oh, couldn't find it. Okay, everyone move on. And when the media is willing to play ball with that, that's always a time to look deeper about what's going on. And I have to say, without getting too in depth, I I talk to a lot of people in the corporate media, and my conversations with these people, I'm not giving anything away to say it's weird how there's not interest or or even willing to say here's why we're not covering the story here's why we're not looking into it something is going on now maybe there's a big story that's about to come out maybe you know maybe that's that is coming eventually mm. but there feels like real protection and
1: total incuriosity about this story yeah such a bizarre thing uh, you gotta read the fourth watch newsletter first of all it's great uh, every every week or whenever it comes out uh, try to yeah. you try, you try to get there every week we all know um, but uh, this one in particular really goes through this uh, piece by piece and you get to see the the whole tick tock of, of the matter it's very interesting fourth Watch Media, of course, Steve Krakauer, uh, Megan Kelly's executive producer as well, and author of Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles and Lost the People is available now wherever you get your books. Steve, thanks for suffering through my voice and I appreciate you coming in.
0: Thanks, man, appreciate it.
1: You know, one of the major phenomenon we saw over uh, the COVID period was people in blue states, blue cities being like, I got to get the heck out of here. <laughs> We've seen so many people move to Texas, so many people move to you know Nashville and uh, and Florida and Arizona, all these places. And when you go to a new area like that, you need to have a good real estate agent. You don't know anybody maybe when you're moving. So you need to find You can't just go pick somebody random on on a website. That does not work out well. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. There, they will screen the real estate agent for you to make sure you get the best agent in your area. Team will contact you to make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. Check it out now. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're buying or selling a home, get the best price, get the best agent. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. You're lucky I blew my voice out screaming about uh, the media today because I would be, of course, doing the entire show on the Jalen Hurts contract. Yes, it's been signed. uh, Five years, $255 million now with his existing year, so it winds up to being six years, 259. it's a lot of money, and uh, you know the guy has had one great year. So there's some, of course, nervousness as an Eagles fan as you enter into a big arrangement like that. But man, there's I don't know there's ever been a better risk of a guy to take a chance on. I mean, this guy is he's proven himself at every level. Every year he gets so much better. And at 24 years old, by the way, uh, was second in MVP voting and uh, was within one drive of a Super Bowl ring, which still crushes me to my soul. I, I honestly. Uh, I would be ranting. I would lose my voice ranting about that today. But anyway, uh, really exciting for him because he's just a great guy uh, and a guy who seems to get uh, just have the best work ethic. This is like a throwback work ethic, and that's what I love so much about him. So six years, 250, uh, 259 in total. I'm, I'm open to the Blaze if they want to throw that type of contract at me. I'll get that signed for you immediately. Uh, but congratulations, Jalen Hurts. Uh, we're going to take a quick uh, look at the crazy Hulu 1619 project here in just a second. I want to tell you about the ghost sleeve from Refuge Privacy. You know, uh, you know, cell phone you always have on yourself. It's with you all the time, probably everywhere you go. As useful as it may be in many ways, it's also a portable tracking device that you carry around at all times. And if you're concerned about big tech's invasive data tracking capabilities, if you have security concerns like stalkers, I know I have have a ton of stalkers, everyone's coming for me all the time. Or if you're concerned with everything up to an EMP, it would be nice to be able to protect your phone with something that keeps everything and everybody out whenever you don't want them in. The Ghost Sleeve from Refuge Privacy does exactly that. It's made with Faraday fabric that blocks signals to and from the phone, and it has sound blocking panels on each side as well. It's made in America with American Buffalo leather, so it looks great too. Each sleeve has a sealing mechanism, and the Faraday fabric has two layers, so it'll block out even high-frequency 5G signals. It gives you peace of mind. It can even save your life in an emergency. Check it out today. Visit refugeprivacy.com with the ghost sleeve. It's at refugeprivacy.com. Check it out today, refugeprivacy.com.
3: The very first enslaved Africans were brought here over 400 years ago. Since then, no part of America's story has been untouched by the legacy of slavery. This is The 1619 Project. You are calling for reparations. What is the total that would be owed? $14 trillion. That's a big number. Yeah. Big debt, though. It is a big debt. The 1619 Project, it's not a history. It really is talking about America today. Black Americans' contributions are undeniable. No people had a greater claim to the American flag than we do.
1: I'm sorry. Did you, what was it? 14 trillion. That's all this is going to take is just the 14 trillion dollars. Oh, I'm so relieved. Uh, I want to bring in Ryan B- Bomberger. He's the co-founder and CCO of the Radiance Foundation and author of a new article for the Christian Post, which you got to read. Hulu's The 1619 Project, A Racist Crocumentary. Head over to my Twitter page for a link to read it. Ryan, how's it going? It's going great. And I can't believe we live in such a surreal culture right now. It really ridiculous. is. Crazy. I have to say, I don't know if I like Crocumentary better or slopumentary. <laughs> you use both of them, right. which are both fantastic. Can you kind of give me some give me your impressions of this thing? Because, you know, you watch that trailer and you can tell they spent some real money making this, you know, making this look really good. This was not a, a one off uh, easy project for them. They invested in this thing. Right. Well,
3: they had Oprah dollars behind it and Lionsgate uh, money behind it, and so when it airs on Disney Hulu, um, they've got a lot of power behind it. And the sad thing is, you have got Nicole Hannah Jones, who is has been overly lavished with awards and praise from the field of journalism for fiction, and that's what this is. And so you got a documentary here that's filled with so much fiction; it's unbelievable. Yet they're the ones who are saying, "Hey." You're not teaching history in our public schools, you're not teaching history in our colleges, here's history, but yet it's just a work of fiction, or as I like to say, it's just a racist crocumentary. It really is.
1: (laughs) It really is. You know, the the focus on race is so important. We're going to get to that here in a second. You you mentioned, and and for those listening on podcasts in particular, you mentioned in your piece, you are of mixed lineage, white and black. And that's the same thing as Nicole uh, (laughs) Hannah-Jones, though you wouldn't know that by watching the documentary because she doesn't seem to acknowledge her white mother at all. No. In fact, I guess she she came into existence only via her father.
3: So the first episode only focuses on her dad, never mentions the fact that she has a white mother. But that's all part of this whole thing about setting up your credentials as a truly black person. Everything is black, 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 black. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, you've got great, you know, historical figures like Frederick Douglass, who is both white white. And black as well. And what he spent his life doing is reconciling things. And unfortunately, Nicole Hannah-Jones is spending her life just creating all kinds of divisions. It's just part of critical theory, critical race theory, and this anti-racism bogus movement that elevates color above everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. I mean, because I think you know, we've come a long way obviously from uh, you know hundreds of years ago and you know I think we were on a really good path there for a while where we were people were coming together <laughs> and they were they were forgetting about these differences. They're just Unimportant. Skin color, immutable characteristics are not an important part of the American story. Uh, you know, of course, we tell the history of, 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 of everyone, but you know, it's about American history. And this has not only been an obvious effort to just prog- uh, pr- push progressive policies, but also is just filled with lies that have been fact checked not only by the right, but also even mainstream historians.
3: Oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, you have a group of historians who wrote a letter to the New York Times and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, here are all the things that are just so wrong about this. But yet the New York Times kept going with this. Of course, that's where the 1619 Project originated. And they had no intentions of actually correcting it or fact checking themselves, which is kind of what mainstream media doesn't ever do. <laughs> they don't fact check themselves, um, you know, because facts are so inconvenient. But the 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 consequence of this is you have a lot of students, particularly in public schools, middle schools and high schools, who are being presented with the substance of the 1619 Project as fact. And, you know, I just watched the first episode and even just within that first episode, there are so many lies to dismantle. I had to pick a few because you can only write an article so long, you know, there's a limitation there. But the, the reality is they have no regard for the facts, no regard for reality. But it's it's this division that is the resultant of this, and that's what breaks my heart. Coming from a family of 15, where we're white, black, Native American, Vietnamese, mixed, (laughs) my heart is for reconciliation.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that division is really what's so disturbing about this. And my uh, my my daughter was at camp. This is this last year. And she had um, she had a friend she was talking about. And she was saying that she thought it was the first boy who had a crush on her. And she told me all about this kid for a whole week. You know, all these details. What is his hair color? uh, What the jokes he made? How, you know, all of this stuff. And when I picked her up on Friday, I realized that he was African-American or he was black. And she never at any time mentioned that right. during all of her descriptions because it wasn't at all important to who he was. Um, right. And I just I find that we've totally lost that. What is this doing to the black community who's trying to, I think, for a long time, was trying to reconcile this? And, 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 and you know, we all want to just kind of become one America. And I feel like that's just being blown up in her faces right now. Right. Well, they don't
3: want one America, particularly these these leftists who want to continue to divide. They want to continue to fixate and live in the past instead of moving forward in our present toward a harmonious future. And they always talk about they have to talk about the past because when they talk about the present, you know, when I spoke at the University of Louisville once, I had a bunch of students that said, well, racism is so overt. It's so it's so. It's, it's so prevalent. I'm like, wait a minute. It's so prevalent here in the 2020s. How is it so prevalent? It was codified, you know, in the 60s. They don't want to acknowledge that anything has changed. And so that allows them to fixate on the past and never. I mean, forgiveness is never part of this thing. Reconciliation is never part of this thing. It's about elevating color above all else. And I'm all about Christ before color. And so and character matters. Now it's the movement is all about, well, color is everything and character means nothing.
1: Yeah, that just seems like a really unhealthy pursuit. Um, you, you mentioned that it's a, about uh, color and, and all these different factors. Another big part of this documentary, though, is politics. Right. They right. are specifically highlighting many Republicans in the documentary that have done wonderful things uh, to to bring people together, going all the way back to Abraham uh, Lincoln, but they don't tend to bring up the fact that they were Republicans. I mean, this is obviously intentional. Right. And they're called radical Republicans for a reason,
3: because they wanted to abolish slavery. That's why the Republican Party came into existence. But yet in that documentary, they want to pretend that the Democrats were the party of civil rights. The Democrats were the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party of KKK, the party of poll taxes and literacy tests. And they just gloss over that. In fact, they intentionally don't even mention Democrats. What they constantly do is talk about white men and white mobs of people. What they don't tell you is that those white mobs of people were Democrats. So all the voter suppression, all the violence was carried out by white Democrats. Mm. But they don't like that because they want Democrats to pretend that they're the party of Abraham Lincoln, which, of course, they're not.
1: You know, and it's an amazing thing because obviously, like, you know, anyone who's looked at this stuff knows these things. And, you know, the Democratic pitch of today, if you try to drill down to it, is that we've changed and Republicans have changed and we've just reversed. And they go through that whole sort of BS uh, timeline. But like. The fact that this is a New York Times documentary, but the Oprah money behind it, Disney money behind it, Hulu money behind it, and they don't even give you an attempt at that argument. They don't even try to explain it away. They just specifically hide these things from the audience, assuming they're too stupid to know them. And I got to say, they're probably right with the audience that's watching this thing.
3: Well, it's true. I mean, but look at what public schools have done public schools have dumbed down history by introducing all this woke ideology instead of actually talking about the facts. So you have a populace that just doesn't know you got mainstream media that constantly repeats all of these lies about the Republican Party being the party of slavery. I'm like, no, that was the party of abolition. And so it's not surprising that their audience is even more confused, but that's the whole goal. And it's all about control. You control people's thoughts, you control their speech, and you control their narratives. And that's the shame of this, because this is not an upward trajectory for anyone who watches and believes any of the 1619 Mm. Crackumentary.
1: I want to ask you how we get out of this, but I think your T-shirt sort of answers (laughs) the question here, right? Uh, Which says uh, less activism, more factivism. First of all, where can people get the shirt? They can go to radiance.life. That's where we have
3: the shirts. We have the videos. We have the op-eds. We have the creative stuff that's fearless, factual and freeing.
1: Explain what factivism is.
3: Well, we have to differentiate ourselves from activists. Activists typically you know, work out of emotions, but emotions don't set us free. The truth sets us free. And so factivists actually have to know the context to issues. And when you have context, you have clarity. And when you have clarity, you can act responsibly. And what we see are the disastrous consequences when people simply act on emotions. Hello, the summer of BLM and Antifa. Perfect example of activism versus factivism.
1: Mm. I wish I had more time. We should, we, I want to get into your piece another time. Maybe I don't need you, Joe Biden to rescue me, which is great as well. We're going to tweet out links to all this stuff and uh, make sure that you get this, get the t-shirt as well. Ryan's doing some great work. Ryan Bomberger, he's this co-founder and CCO of the Radiance Foundation, author of Hulu's The 1619 Project, A Racist documentary or Slopumentary, whichever one you want. It's over at the Christian Post. Make sure to check it out. Ryan, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for bearing with my uh, shot voice today. Hopefully it'll be back to normal tomorrow. Some comments from YouTube. You can subscribe, of course, to the show. We'd appreciate it. Uh, talking about veep Thoughts, Thoughts is a bit strong when uh, describing what Kamala Harris has in her head, don't you think? They're really more just instinctual failures, very, very terrible failures. Yes, there's a ton of them up at VeepThoughts.com. You can check them all out. Stu is greater than Eric Swalwell. At least a little. That's the worst thing anyone's ever said about me, that I'm only a little bit better. Uh, I tune in every night. Keep up the great work from Bo. Thanks so much, Bo. Appreciate it. Gerald says at Algorithmic Engagement Chat, I love this stupid show. Whatever. I appreciate you calling the show stupid. It's a term of endearment. At least that's what I've been told. We'll see you tomorrow.